Broadcasting from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B, it is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, Scott Romine here, and we are doing our very first out-of-state show. This is a first. We are at Michael Hawes' place. He lives right outside of San Antonio, Texas, and he has the most impressive Star Wars collection I have ever seen. How are you? Hey, Scott. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. It's just so cool to come down here and see your, basically, it's a museum. What's your memories of seeing Star Wars for the first time? You know, uh, first off, it's good to see you, and I'm glad that you had the opportunity to oh. actually come and see the gallery. You know, <laughs> it's and, awesome. And thanks for the nice, nice comments. Yeah, so like so many people out there, I'm I'm 51 years old, and and Star Wars when it first came out, I was seven, and uh, like millions of people out there, it just when I saw it in the theater, and it was late when I saw it. You know, it had been out for several months, and it was a, a friend that took me to see it. And when I saw it, it was all over from there. I was Luke Skywalker. Of course. <laughs> I was like four. So how old were you? I was seven. Seven years seven old. Seven years old, man. You know, for me, I've always, because Star Wars is my life, just like, I just don't have all of the stuff. But Yeah, it's good. <laughs> you know, I always felt like the years between the first one and the second one was the best it ever was because everyone was fascinated with it. You had more... You know, it was on People Magazine and every award show and, yep. and everything that's not typically Star Wars adapted Star Wars in some way. Yeah. Did you ever think that, that, you know, the first couple of years were just kind of magical, it, I think? Yeah, but, you know, when you're into it like we were, you know, you don't really think about all of that, the, the hype and, and whatnot, just of, you know, what Star Wars did for you and what it at that time did for you and definitely you know what it did for me is just you know, oh yeah it inspired me to a whole other level and you know it paved a way in my my life actually in my career and everything that i do how early you. did you get set in your mind i'm gonna work on movies uh probably when i was probably 10 or 11 years old that's a, a cool question to ask me yeah i i really wanted to be into the film industry and that's what I'm saying. And it, there's so many people today that work for Lucasfilm or, or Disney or, or some type of, you know, in entertainment industry that was inspired by, you know, that type of a movie. You know, when it came out, it was groundbreaking. And it's funny, I was talking to somebody earlier today about the special effects back in, in the mid-70s when this movie came out. You know, it was so groundbreaking. And, and the technology, if you go to watch it today... You know, a lot of the movies that you go back and they're kind of cheesy. They don't hold up. Like yeah, they this. don't. Exactly. And this does. And, you know, and it's it's always been an inspiration. And, and that was the whole purpose of building the gallery is to inspire. And I'm inspired and it's my getaway. And, and Did you get any discouraging like, hey, some boy from Texas can't go work on movies? I mean, I, you'd have to imagine somebody was probably thinking that I've never thought that way but you know how people are no i i don't i'm trying to understand that question (laughs) so you know well like kiss we're from a little town in arkansas and and jackie here has been on the set of knight rider and he's been in all of the transformer cars at paramount in the storage thing yeah but his friends don't necessarily believe these stories you know at school for for sure yeah now i understand (laughs) yeah so yeah and i i wanted to get into the, the film industry and you know, I, me and you talked earlier, Scott, on, on the, uh, you know, some of the stories, you know, the, the people that I've met in the industry and, and whatnot. And, 
you know, when we talk to people about it, it's like kind of unreal. But I'll tell you what, when when I moved to L.A. to Los Angeles and to get into the film industry, I was I was breaking on sets. I was sneaking on like MG at MGM and Universal and and, you know, meeting the security guards and starting to really get, you know, in touch with because, you know, you had to have a job. Right. And, you know, I was 20 years old and, you know, you can't just walk on. So I kind of, you know, that's when all of the the issues started with my <laughs> you know I'm, I'm passionate brother you oh, know sure. i just I, if you know i if, if they say no i i say yes and and uh but, but yeah. you did meet spielberg <laughs> i've met spielberg i've met all i've met so many people out there you know he spielberg's awesome and um my encounter with spielberg at, it, it was it was a fun uh, experience and what'd you ask him well first i was rude and i went up because it was a it was a dinner and um the whole reason I even went to that dinner was because I directed a, a feature film and my local movie critic, Bob Polunsky, did a write-up in on the front of the of the newspaper. It said Hawes' films like Spielberg's. And when I found out when I was invited to this this award ceremony and Spielberg was gonna be there, my wife at the time overnighted, you know, that that newspaper because I wanted to give it to him and I don't know what I would have got out of it, but I thought, you know what? I wanna meet him and so I sat there you know, waiting and I got to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger and ah. Danny DeVito. And I got to, you know, he talked to my son, Cody on the, the phone, really super cool dude, Warren Beatty, you know, all these people, Jennifer Aniston, just, you know, Mike Myers is crazy. So we were sitting there and I was by myself, you know, I didn't know anybody in there. And, and now finally comes Steven Spielberg. So I'm nervous and I walk through the crowd and there's nobody security or anything. I'm, you know, I'm making <laughs> with, Oh my God, this is Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks. I was blowing all them off completely. Oh, sure. Right. But then, you know, there was Steven, you know, and I went up to him and I kneeled down and he says, uh, he looks at me like, Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, Hey, I just want to give it. And he goes, not right now. And I'm like, no, I just want to, not right now. It's not a good time. So I said, I apologize. I'm sorry. I bothered you. And I walked away and I was just, devastated right i was like man one of those don't meet your heroes kind yes of minutes. but then so at the, the the end of the the show we uh it was over and spielberg did the last award and he walked to the the actor whoever that was that he was um introducing they went to the back and the show ended so the person that had introduced me was putting on the show and i went to the backstage after you know everyone was saying their goodbyes and she saw me back there, and she's like, hey, Michael, you, you, you enjoy yourself. And I said, oh, I had a blast. I said, you know, hey, did Spielberg leave? And she said, yeah, he just went out the back. But, hey, you can't be back here. And I'm like, no problem. I understand. So mm -hmm. I sat there for a second. I turned around, and there was a camera. Entertainment Tonight was right there, and they were filming. At the time, I didn't know it was Jennifer Aniston. And I, was, I couldn't get by there, so I was waiting to get their interview to, so I can get around them. And right as it ended and I went around – out of this door came Steven Spielberg. And, oh. and then he started talking to these other two people. And, and I was like in their conversations because I couldn't get by him. Right. And he's like, hey, there's that stalker guy. No, he didn't. I'm just playing. <laughs> so, did so, Jennifer ask about me at all? I'm just wondering. Yes, yes she, she did. She did. says, hey, is Scott with you? Oh, I said, yeah. no, no. <laughs> so any, anyway, so I'll kid aside. So as he wrapped that conversation, he turned around and he was heading for this exit door. And I said, excuse me, Mr. Spielberg. And he stopped and he turned around and he goes, hey. And I, I go, I am so sorry I came up on you earlier. And he goes, oh, that's okay. He goes, is that a script? I said, no, sir, it's not a script. It's a write-up that my local uh, you know, movie you know, did a, a write-up on it. And he says, oh, I thought it was a script. I go, I know that you're... 
You know, I, sure. I'm, not, I'm not like that. I just, you know, was inspired by you. I've always been inspired by you, Mr. Spielberg. And I just wanted to give this to you. And he That's goes, I'll awesome. take that. No problem. So anyway, so he went out the door. He shook my hand. And uh, I was like, oh, man. So my thoughts kind of flip flop. But you know everybody. Oh. When they see him, they're like money. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? I'm going to give I, him a script. Yeah. And he, I was just like Lucas. I was inspired by Steven Spielberg, you know. and But when he left, you know, I went home that into the hotel that night and I'm thinking, God, did he like throw that out right out the door? You know, my, what Who I knows? Gave? Or was it sitting on his counter at, at, at the house? You know, I was just, <laughs> it was really cool. Or is he going to call me? Cause I did have my phone number on there, but yeah, Spielberg never called me and ne- neither did George Lucas at Skywalker ranch. Did you it. talk to George Lucas or you saw him? Cause I want to ask you about going to the ranch in the next segment. Oh, but you okay. did see him before, right? I did see him, but it was much later. This was a couple of years ago at celebration. I was talking to Andy Gutierrez from the star Wars show and, um, we were just rapping and all of a sudden some people came out. Nobody knew that Lucas was there yet. And so was Harrison Ford. Oh, wow. But when, when me and her were talking, you know, somebody said, hey, we got to go. And so they started like, jumping around on the stage. And then they jumped up and said, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. George Lucas. And I just happened to be right in the front. And when he came out, it was like, that's Dad, the guy. Dad. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it's all kidding. Aside. Did you meet Harrison? No. No, now for I you, didn't even care, honestly. Really? About Harrison, no. See, in my mind, Harrison is Indiana Jones. Absolutely. More than Han Solo. I mean, I of course he's Han Solo, but when I see him, my first thought is, that's Indy. Yeah, I agree. You I know agree. what I mean? Yeah, he's, look, Harrison Ford is one of the, the best actors out there. I mean, when it comes to, and he was, he was blessed because, unlike Mark Hamill getting you know, typecast sure. Skywalker. He was able know, to go on and to do push and do other things. Yep. Hey, we gotta take a quick break. Scott Roman here coming to you from Texas with Michael Hall's talking Star Wars. Be right back here on 1029 KARN. New from Kenner's Star Wars collection, the Millennium Falcon that you put together. Batteries not included. Nice landing, Han Solo. Uh oh, come on, Chewbacca. Stormtroopers are coming. Action figures each sold separately. Got him on I'll fire the laser cannon. There's even a hidden storage hatch. Ready for takeoff. You're listening to Guatney Unplugged on News Radio 102.9 KARN with Scott Romine. Brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group. Hey, Scott Romine here. We're doing our first out-of-state show. We're with Michael Hawes. He has a Star Wars museum with over a million dollars in cool Star Wars merchandise. But, you know, it all starts with the original figures, the vintage. What is it about the vintage characters uh, for you? Um, you know, I, I love the vintage because it, it brings me back to the childhood. And, and, you know, those are good childhood memories, you know, and it's 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 happy. And, um, and you know, I just, I just started, you know, I've always, you know, so many collectors out there and the people that, that collect because it doesn't have to just be Star Wars, right? It, it could be barbie or it could be you know whatever it may be nike shoes but the, oh, yeah. but what's important is how you display it and i wanted to you know it doesn't matter how big or how small your collection is it doesn't matter if it's a 10 million dollar collection or a or you know a 50 dollar collection but what is so important is what that collection does for you personally it's but, touching to me that when you you've got these fifty thousand dollar pieces the the most important thing to you is a little necklace yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about on the fifty thousand dollar pieces. Well, but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but all kidding aside, well, you know, all kidding aside, um, yeah, and that that's exactly what was my point is that, yeah, there I have a a little piece that's probably worth I don't know maybe 
on eBay, $25. But out of all of my collection, it has the most meaning to me in my collection. See, I so identify with that. Um, you know, I've got friends that have real General Lees from the Dukes of Hazard, And I've always said given the chance to trade my replica for a real one, I wouldn't do it because my dad built mine with his hands. Wow. That's a great story. That, that can't be replaced. Negative. No, that's you an know. awesome story. That's neat. You know, that's um, awesome. so I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, tell me about getting arrested. You're, I mean, you're oh, the man. super fan. You, you actually get arrested at Skywalker ranch trying to go meet George Lucas. And I guess you're going to get a job in your mind. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get a job. Right. But you know, I figured that, you know what, I still want to pursue my, my dream in film, you know, whether it's directing or working in the model shop or whatever. Um, but I'm going to go and regroup back home doing that. I decided, um, I was 20 years old. I decided that I wanted to get a job for Lucasfilm. I've always wanted to be a part of what he does. And there's so many stories of people like me who've done, not go jumping fences and doing crazy stuff like that, but, I mean, they basically, they got in. Like, I I just was one of the unlucky ones. You You'd know? have been good to be a janitor. You'd been I, happy no to be the janitor no at problem. Skywalker Ranch. No problem. No problem whatsoever. I mean, look, Alan Jackson started out that way, right? That's right. He was doing stuff over in the Nashville sound. <laughs> so, but, yeah, um, so I decided to, to go ahead and get a plane ticket with no plan and fly to San Francisco. I rented a car and went out um, to uh, Marin County where uh, the Redwood Forest is and went up Lucas Valley Road. Lucas Valley Road just happens to be that name. It isn't George Lucas's road, but because Skywalker Ranch was there, it kind of fit. Kind of fits perfect. Yeah, you would thought that they named that after him, but they didn't. This is probably before GPS, and you probably oh, got a map. and No cell know. phones. Oh, yeah. None, none of, that. of that. No. So, yeah, so I end up going up there, and it's so beautiful, and this little windy road up in the Redwoods, and then I finally found his place, and the gate opens. And I'm like, God, oh, this might be easier than I think, you know? So, <laughs> you know, keep in mind, I've jumped, I've been to, you know, innocently, you know, in other sets and lots over at, in Los Angeles. But so when I went in, drove down and uh, there was a guard tower and uh, the guy comes out and he's like, how you doing? I go, Hey, I'm pretty good. How are you doing? And he says, uh, um, can I help you? And I go, yeah, I, I've got to uh, talk to some people in the model shop and they said, do you have an appointment? And I said, oh, I don't. Um, but I was looking at picking up an internship. You know, I'm from Texas. And he's like, okay. So after a few minutes of trying to be sly, sure, I knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. He said, you know, I, so let me get this straight. You came from Texas and all the way here and you don't have an appointment. And I'm like, pretty much. So he's like, look, <laughs> he says, look, there's not much that I can do. I'd really like to get you in here. But what I can do is... You know, I can give you a number to call and who to talk to, and you can maybe see if you can get an appointment, you know, or whatever. And I, I'm like, yeah, because I'm going to be here for three days, you know, thinking, you know, not knowing, you know. So anyways, um, I leave there. I go back to the hotel, and I call that number, and I talk to the person. And they said, yeah, I heard you came. And look, I am so sorry, but there's just no way I can let you in here. And I was just, I was devastated. You know, I was just... Not as devastated as I was getting ready to be, but I was sure. pretty pretty devastated. And I was like, man, I've only been here half a day, and I've already been turned down, you know? Right. So what am it's I going to do? It's not going like you thought. So I went and sat down, and I like to eat. So I had me a little <laughs> little dinner. You know, that's my, my little stress release. So I'm sitting here having a little bit of dinner, and I'm like, you know what? 
I've done it before. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go on the property. I'm going to check this place out. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I get in the car. I leave all of my, my wallet and everything back in the, in the hotel room. And I drive this rental car up there. And it's still daylight. It's probably, I don't know, 5 4, 35 o'clock. I drive past, and by the way, this is pretty far up in the You're hill. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's nowhere land. And so I ditched this brand new rental car and um, jump the fence and go up the sideline. And um, I'm up on top of this hill, and I'm looking down in the valley. It's a big bowl. Skywalker Ranch is in like a virtual bowl. I got gotcha. you. Beautiful facilities. I could see these, you know, fire trucks and everything going oh, around. Yeah. But, you know, a little bit into the deal. I'm not going to drag out too long. But So I end up... You know, jumping in the, over into the property, and I get in there, and I'm about an hour in, my goal is to go to this big, beautiful, white Victorian. Now, I'm be clear. I didn't, in my fantasy, yeah, it'd be great to see on the back patio Mr. George Lucas sitting sure. there, and then I tell him who I am, and he goes and shows me around, and I end up being his Padawan. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Didn't happen. So anyways, I... I uh, Go down and jump this over this fence, you know, and, and uh, there's another fence to get, and there's like a little lake out there. It was so beautiful, and I was still on the down low. I was like, You're sneaking around like yeah, a ninja. I'm, yeah, I, I was a ninja. Yeah. I had my ninja suit on. No, I'm just <laughs> so anyways, I'm, I'm coming around, and finally it's like, look, I've got to come out in the open to go across this little bridge where the now is the, the winery. And um, and I'm going to go, and I'm just going to be like one of the like I did at the the other sets, and I never had a problem. Sure. At, at you know the other places, so I'm going across this little bridge, and I'm walking, and I'm probably about I don't know 300 yards from the Victorian White House, and that's where I'm headed, and uh, it's starting to get dark. I've got a stick of burrs, and so yeah, you know, and this man's coming down these stairs, and he says, "Hey, how you doing?" I go, "I'm good. How are you?" And he's like, "Do you work here?" I said, "Not yet." Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's when when the whistles went off, and and all of the fire trucks and everything, SWAT team oh, man, shows out up. of the trees, and so, oh yeah, yeah, and and so they were asking if I got into the buildings, and I'm like, "No, I didn't get into the buildings, and and I'm not like that. I came here." So, anyways. Uh, about 30 minutes later, um, police car shows up. They did invite me into the house so I could see the Yoda in there and stuff. And I really, was, yeah, but I was upset and I didn't go in there. I wish now I would have, Sure. but anyway, so I ended up getting put in the cop car and arrested and well, wow. Yeah. And, uh, so what happened is I was out, I was leaving the next morning. I got out of jail, went back, got my, went up. It's a crazy story. And if anyone wants to see the detailed story, I have it on my you can go on to Starkiller 77 Star on Killer YouTube. 77, oh, yeah. yeah, and it's some pretty, it's a fun little video. But long story short, I went back the next day. They really thought this guy had lost his mind, right? And that ranch foreman, his name was Dave. He came out and super classy human being. And he saw my enthusiasm, what, sure. what, what I was truly about. And um, I know George Lucas got to hear about me then. But, oh, you know, I'm I sure just, he did. I just wish I could tell everybody that, yeah, and that's how it Sorry, That's how I got my job. So, you know, there's some people that are ahead of, ahead of that place that, you know, were, were blessed to, to get in, you know, and if I could, it just didn't work out. But maybe that's where all the craziness comes from, this gallery and everything that I have. But but eventually they dropped the charges. They did. They said, just write us a, an apology letter. And, and we I did that. And. And, of course, they did drop the charges. And That's so awesome. Got arrested at Skywalker Ranch. We are in <laughs> Texas talking with Michael uh, Howes about uh, Michael Hawes about 
Star Wars stuff. He has an incredible collection. Be right back here on 1029 KARM. from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B. It is Gluttony Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, Scott Romine here doing our first out-of-state episode of Gluttony Unplugged. And last we've been doing this two or three years. We've never done one out of state, out of Arkansas. So it's very cool. And we are in a Star Wars museum down in Texas outside of uh, San Antonio. What was the first like commission piece or whatever that you bought he said okay i'm i'm gonna go down this road of Mm. of putting this together what was what really started that so after the gallery was complete you know that was the first thing is to create this gallery and i wanted to make this gallery you know something different than just a normal walk-in museum and i thought of a couple different themes i thought of making it like the cantina i thought all kinds of different things but i thought what a great way to to introduce this collection in a themed Death Star or star, uh, in a Star Destroyer, right? Yeah. And um, so once I did that and finally got it complete, then the studio models came. And that is where the sickness and where I started commissioning. <laughs> and I've got some great people out there. I'm just going to go ahead and say his name. His name is Mike Salzo. Um, there's so many of them. Um, Mike is my, my main guy. And Mark Elkins, these guys have... Uh, Steve Neeson, they've created these beautiful, beautiful models. And uh, so, yeah, I've learned to be patient because sometimes they can take years to build. Oh, really? But, yeah, we, but we're, um, we've done that kind of stuff. As you saw, you, the life-size Chewy, uh, Tom Spina over at Regal Robot did. That was, I think, their first true uh, life-size Chewy that wasn't, you know, that was from A New Hope. And uh, I'm really um, proud to have that piece because, of course, three weeks after we premiered it at the Chicago Celebration and Peter Mayhew, who played the role of Chewbacca, was pretty ill, but he was still there and I was able to get him to sign the pouch. You Did know? you get to talk to him very much? You know, the sad thing is, is like I've always done, I, I snuck in in the back to, to try to get that signature because Tom had released, he had 50 busts that he was that he made. They were just the head sculpts okay. of Chewie. And Peter was supposed to sign them at that show, but I kept asking, you know, I'd go by and say, Tom, I'd say, hey, were you able to get him to sign the pouch? He's like, no, because he got ill. And then he came back the next day and it was like double this autographs. So he was busy, right? So I end up sneaking back there and talking to one of his... You like know, his handler people. Exactly. And, and he didn't live too far from you. I think he lived in Dallas. Yeah, he lives in Houston. He lived in Houston. Okay. So anyways, I, I told him what it was about. I gave her my number. And because we were kind of locals, she had texted me and said, hey, get the pouch and bring it back over here. Hurry up. So I ran over to Tom's deal and I, I you know, where Chewy was, my life-size Chewy, that I let him premiere over there at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I grabbed the pouch off and I went in there and... You know, Peter was right there in, in, um, in a wheelchair, and I was respectful and didn't say anything to him. But I wanted, I wish if I could go back, I would have just said, hey, listen, Peter, you know, you've inspired so many people and done so much for so many oh, lives. Yeah. He's got a heart of gold. That guy is, is, is unbelievable. He didn't get around very good in his last few years, no, I guess. But, but he was always there, you know, and he was great with the fans, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of them, you know, and... uh 
you know, to take the time and, you know, be one with the fans is, is, is means a lot. And I was just lucky. So look, he signed the pouch. I got the pouch. Cool. And unfortunately, because of what was going on there, he wasn't able to sign those 50 plaques for Tom. And three weeks later he passed away. And so his wife and Mark Hamill actually stepped in to sign those plaques, what I heard. Oh, and, wow. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, th- those are the things like Kenny Baker signing, you know, my screen use R2D2 head sculpt. It, it, you know, that's, you know, those are things that are to the heart. You know what I mean? Did so, you meet Carrie before she passed away? I did not. You know, I had the opportunity to. I am not. So look, I'm a major fan, but I'm I'm not the guy that stands in line for hours. Right. Okay. But I, I did do that for Mark Hamill, and I'm glad I did. And I did that because I wanted to talk to him about a film that um, a story, a script that I wrote that I wanted to look at possibly have him play a role in. So I stood in that line for three hours to get him sign this, you know, limited edition poster. I had him sign it, but that was the whole deal. And I did get his agent's contact and, and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, so I wish I would have met Carrie. What a great lady. When you say studio scale for the listener, that's not really into this. Tell us what studio scale really means. Scott, that's a great question. So studio scale, is and it's a lot, a lot of people don't understand that. And again, if they want to go check out the Stardot Killer seventy seven or our show on Collection Wars, oh yeah, we definitely. talk we talk a lot about studio scale models, and the studio models are replicated models that were actually used in the film. So the the same, like for example, the X wing was a one twenty four scale shot in Star Wars. So these studio models are. Um, replicas of the exact models that were used in the actual film. Some might be, you know, huge. You saw them in the gallery. Right, you know, right. We've got all shapes. And, you know, the escape pod, you see the Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket in there, the, the family <laughs> chicken bucket. You didn't know about that. But, you know, there's so many things about them. But what they do is they, they kit-bashed these models. They would take a, back in at ILM, you know, they had people like Ralph McCreary would create these concept drawings and then they would take them to the, the model shops and they would, you know, say, look, we know, need this. We or... need this. Yeah. So they would go and buy, and I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of model kits where they were Sherman tank kits or little Camaro kits or, you know, semi truck kits or whatever it may be. And they would kit bash. They would take all these different parts and they would put them on these ships and make them what you see in the movie, which is just blows my mind. Well, they call them like Greeblies. They call them Greeblies. That's yeah, exactly they've right. They've got little names for yep. little pieces of it's model kits. And now I've learned since I've gotten so I'm it's a sickness, by the way, you know. We're going to come up <laughs> we're going to start a separate channel just on this collection sickness that we have. I mean, I was telling a good close friend of mine when you start buying these things and that high isn't there anymore, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what, yeah, but I love that of stuff. Of your collection, I mean, cuz the whole thing just blows me away, but what in the collector's world that you have in this museum? What is the Holy Grail, or what are some of the Holy Grails? Yeah, that's that's a, I've I'm asked that quite a bit, and that's really really tough. I mean, you have a vinyl cape Jawa on the card. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a rare thing. It is. It is. So yeah. So I I, I do. So the vintage is my path. I love my vintage. Oh, sure. That's that's where I'm home. Right. Um. But I do like, I'm a, I love dioramas. I love taking these studio, these high-end studio models and creating dioramas around it. You know, so, you know, I was showing, um, you've got the, the Dagobah, the Yoda Dagobah. Mm-hmm. That's one of my, my 
great pieces. But obviously, my R2 is going to be a, a Grail piece, and my Chewy is going to be a Grail piece because they've got lineage. It's incredible. Yes. I mean, it's like walking into the film. Yeah. You know what it is? It's taking a piece of your childhood and making it tangible. That's right. No, that's that's a, it's the same for all of my stuff. Air Jordans. Well, I had that in the sixth grade. That's yeah. why I like them now. Yep. You know, isn't it awesome? And you know that what's so sad is is um, we did a, an awesome interview uh, with thanks to you, Kim Simmons, that that did all the, the the photography for Kenner. You know, and when we were wrapping up our show on the Collection Wars channel, he was so humble and i was you know of course like a kid at heart right oh yeah and when we were talking you know he was talking about you know nowadays what it's like and and you know i always wonder if our children today will ever look back on their childhood and what their thoughts are going to be like will it be the same and unfortunately you know i watch these shows there's a guy theory which is he's got a huge subscription channel i mean he's like the biggest star wars guy out there but you know that one thing that that guy will never have he'll never have that feeling that that you and i had scott when we were kids going to the the theater and seeing star wars for the first time yeah that's right to see that actual Mm -hmm. ship come over i mean i'm not saying that you can't be the biggest fan and or, or the biggest enthusiast but i'm just saying that 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 feeling that we had when we were kids, it's gone. It, it's its like, it's, and that's why I think I do what I do because I'm trying to keep it all alive. You know, I'm trying to, to stay humble and, and stay thankful with all the craziness in the world and things that are going on. You know, these little things like your collection and what you guys went and did this weekend with your collection. I mean, it's fun. Oh, it you is know? fun. It, it keeps you young. It does. You know, you say like a huge Star Wars collector. If they weren't there to see the first film in the theater when it, in 77, they missed something. They did. It's kind of like Jack and I are huge Elvis fans, but we never saw him on a stage. I know, I know. We don't have that piece of it, you know. Yeah. Um, it's so much fun. We're talking with Michael Hawes down in Texas here on 1029 KARN. Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B. It is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, Scott Romine back. We are in Texas. We're at Michael Hall's Star Wars Museum, his personal museum down here around San Antonio. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, why do you think it is that Lucasfilm seemed to shy away from really making what fans want? And we go 30 years of people building their own stormtrooper armor and these helmets and all this stuff. That was not something that Lucas seemed to ever get on the bandwagon, but they've yet kind of endorsed it. I understand some 501st guys are in the Mandalorian. Yep. Playing yeah. stormtroopers. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, so the 501st is a respected um, band of people that have not only created these beautifully screen-accurate outfits and whatnot but they do so much for the communities and and you know cancer and you know make a wish foundation they've just done so much and yeah so i think that lucasfilm found a way to to say thanks to them plus i think so but you know it, it, it was you know pretty cool of them to to get to be real stormtroopers yeah and then, and then their outfit is now screen used so the value of their particular outfit just went up yeah, tenfold I didn't even think about yeah, that you're that right because it's yeah. real now it's a money pit right now i'll tell you what things right now with star wars and actually any collection out there you know my wife's huge into barbie 
and we're building her uh, a gallery right now. And what's the piece that has always eluded you? That's like, man, if I could get that for the collection, you just can't find or can't obtain. So the EFX Darth Vader melted Ralph McQuarrie helmet. I love that piece. It originally started sold for like twelve hundred dollars and. It's minimum ten to fifteen grand now, Oof. and it comes up every once in a while. But I'll I'll get it in my collection. But there's some other people out there that are, are recreating that same type of helmet. But um, the paint job that came out that was on that thing, you know, uh, is really really a neat little piece. But it's just hard to so it doesn't even matter, how, you know, what the price is. Just swallowing that's pretty. You, you know, I've got find one. Yeah, yeah, I've got my my hands in so many different things, and we're expanding the 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 gallery, and we got so many things that we're doing right now. You know, so. You're starting to get into Battlestar Galactica. What 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 kind of sparked that bug? Well, I mean, what do you think about Battlestar Galactica? I mean, I love it. It was okay. Star Wars for TV, and I loved it, it as was. a kid. It was Star, and and uh, of course Rick Dykstra. Yeah. I guess the Dykstra Flex camera that was used on Star Wars. That's right. He he. I think he declined to work on Empire so that he could work on Battlestar Galactica. What a great story! I and, didn't know uh, that. Yeah, and it, of course, like Glenn Larson. Yep, and the 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 Cylons with the red thing. Yep. Later's becomes Knight Rider. Yeah, he uses that again on Kit. Isn't that crazy? It's just crazy. Yeah, the, the Cylon. He was so menacing, wasn't he? And I actually I have one crop circles doing a. Uh, they're out of Canada and they're building me a life size uh, Cylon Raider right now. Uh, Cylon Centurion. Sorry. Oh yeah. And then uh, we've got. Um, a studio scale base star in the works and i just received a couple of days ago the studio viper in the studio raider which i'll show you here oh shortly. i've got to see that yeah yeah that's, that's so cool. cool yeah have fans been successful obtaining like screen used items from star wars and Battlestar and all that? is there much of that out there does it get auctioned out of lucasfilm or something to that effect it's really funny that you said that because there's actually an auction going on right now. And yes, every once in a while, like they've got uh, Indiana Jones's hat oh, getting cool. ready to go on the market. No telling what that's going to go for. But yeah, every once in a while they do get screen used, you know, costumes. And, and uh, I mean, think about all the stormtroopers and the blasters that were really out there. But making sure it was true lineage and it's the real stuff is what you got to really watch out for nowadays. Yeah, because, it's probably fakes Yeah, and there's stuff so there. many people that can replicate, which is awesome if you're not trying to scam somebody and resell it, if you want it for your personal collection, you know. But, you know, like the rocket firing Boba Fett, there's, a, sure. there, there's fakes out there, you know. Um, but you, you just got to, you know, be careful with, with that. But, yeah, it's you can still get it, and it still pops up because think about it, you know. Look, I'm in my 50s, you know, and this collection's going to have to go somewhere sometime. So, but, uh, I'm well, thinking about burying it with me. No, oh, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have action figures in the coffin. That's going to happen. Let's go. Oh, that's so you know, cool. That's... It's going to happen. Tell me about Terminator. You're also a fan of that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I love sci-fi, right? Oh yeah. It's the greatest. Yeah. So the Battlestar again, you know, I love the Battlestar, the Terminator predator, you know, a lot of that stuff, but yeah, Terminator, I, I I'm into the collection of Terminator. I've got a, a life-size uh, T-800 it's, I'm waiting to get here. and Oh, you got to have that. Yeah, i got to have that for sure in the theater room. But, yeah, I, I love Terminator. It's fun. You know what seems to be suspiciously absent is Kirk and Spock. Did uh, you have any love for that at all? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. Uh, 
a good friend of mine, Joseph, we, we always mess with him on, on our show. You know, he's, he collects it all, you know, he's got sure. star Wars. He's, he's, he's got Spider-Man and of course, Star Trek. And we've got this running joke and it's hilarious. I mean, I, I've never laughed so hard in my life talking about that, but yeah, I, I like the original Star Trek stuff and the JJ Abrams, who by the way, needs to stick to Star Trek. Yeah. I think that agreed. he, yeah, yeah. Nah, JJ Abrams is a great dude, but, um, I like Super 8. That was really cool. Yeah, that was a cool movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Star Trek is just, yeah, I mean, the girls are really pretty in that show. I, I, <laughs> Especially I, the green ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You know, it. it, it I, I have a love of all of it, but I've always got more of a Star Wars than a Star Trek. It's almost like, are you a Rolling Stones or a Beatles person? You know, that's ex- you, that's perfect way to put it. Yeah. I mean, if you're Star Trek, you're weird. If you're Star Wars, you're not. You yeah, know? is that what it is? That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm hey, good with that. hey, hey! All, all kidding aside, Scott, those Star Wars fans and the Star Trek fans—they're—they're, they're, you know, they're all they come together and they're so cool. You know, I—I I don't think I've ever met, you know, a, a, a collector out there. I mean, the 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 Star Wars collectors for sure. I mean, it's just, you know. I've met so many great people, even through the gallery of what I've done here. And like Scott, you're super. You know, we're friends I'm into now. It. You know? Oh yeah, I'm this into is it. fun stuff, man. But Star yeah. Trek, I've always heard science fiction, and Star Wars is space fantasy. Is that true? Is it kind of that? I've, that's what I've always heard. Well, Star Wars is more of a fairy tale, if you think about it. It's a it's a story where. Star Trek is more of what what would NASA look like two thousand years from now? Really, is kind of God. You're deep. You know what I mean? If you think about it, oh, I'm into it. Yeah, that is. I mean, kind of like Flash Gordon, kind of the same deal. And thank heavens uh, they turned uh, Lucas down on the rights for the Flash Gordon. Yeah, because you know we wouldn't even know who Chewbacca is today. You know, that's true. And what would we? I don't even know what I'd be doing. (laughs) Hey, you know a prop that I always wanted for my living room as a coffee table. I don't know if if this is even out there. Has anyone ever made a replica of the Ark of the Covenant from Raiders? You know, like a one-to-one scale version of that. Really, that exists. Yes, absolutely. Anything can exist nowadays. That's the cool thing. Um, I mean, you're looking at right now, I've got a Han Solo and Carbonite table, you know, I mean, with what's coming out, the technology with 3D and everything, I mean, you can make it happen, you know, and, but yeah, somebody has done that. Someone has built that. Some of the stuff that you have, even this life-size stuff is 3D printed. I'm guessing that must take weeks to print or longer. It does. Yeah. So some of these, these 3D printing companies, the guy Patrick that does my stuff, you know, he's got like six printers working at once, you know? So the, really? the life-size IG-88 that I have, um, Bounty Hunter from Empire Strikes Back. Um, you see my Imperial Probe Droid. And then this that's is... That's all 3D printed. That's all 3D printed. A lot of, lot of prep, though, afterwards. You know, they have... They're coming out with new technology 3D printers where the, the after work, all the, the 3D printing lines and all that stuff, you don't have to put so much into... Sanding the lines that's out exactly and all the right. stuff. That's right. Like, you can see my, my 8D8... Uh, the torture droid right yeah. here. So his head's all sanded right now because we're getting the, the lines out of it. You know what I mean? Just so. putting it together. Yeah. It's, man, it's neat tech. I want a 3D printer, but for some of this stuff, you probably yeah. would have to have more than one. Yeah. And because these, I mean, that IG 88, you know, he's seven and a half feet tall. Yeah. It know? took a while. Yeah. Tell us where all people can follow you, all the YouTubes and Instagrams and all of that stuff. Thank you for that. Oh, so, gosh, yes. Yeah. So, Definitely, if they want to 
you know, see the gallery, they can go to star.killer77 on YouTube. And then every Saturday, uh, me and my buddy Gabe, we have a podcast called Collection Wars, where we have, you know, enthusiast collection, all kinds, you know, um, large and small. And then um, bringing in industry guests like the Kim Simmons, thanks to you and and whatnot. But we're having fun. Don Post, we had Don on there. And uh, we've got, you know... I mean, it's taken off, and it's just that we have fun. You know, we've got faithful followers, and that airs um, on usually on Saturdays at nine o'clock uh, Central Time. Star dot Killer. Star Killer was the original name, Luke's last name, correct? That's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, and it ended up being yeah, it was going to be Star Killer, and it's Luke Skywalker, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Well, thank you so much, Michael Hall's coming to you from. Texas, down around San Antonio. Incredible collection. Thank you so much for letting us come in here and, and record a show with you. It was a lot of fun. Scott, it's my pleasure. And keep doing what you do. You do a great oh. job. And and I'm glad to now call you my friend. Ah, thank you so much. It means a lot. Uh, Scott Romine for Guadney Unplugged. See you guys next Saturday. <laughs>